Hi everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, this is DevOps Squared on this week's show. I'm pleased to be joined by Tiffany Thatcher, who is technical evangelist with Harness. Okay, everyone, so welcome. First of all, um, I do just want to mention that we're only four weeks into the podcast and we're already just over 150 subscribers. Um, so, so the first thing is thank you to everyone for your support so far. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying the the content and the diversity of content. There's certainly much more things uh, coming up in, in that area that uh, are even more diverse that we're going to talk about with guests, which is absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, th- thank you very much for your um, support definitely makes it worthwhile doing these knowing that um, we're, we're getting some good engagement from people um, out in the community listening to it and then secondly um, I just want to thank Tiffany for joining us this week uh, for our discussion on, on culture within DevOps this is a huge topic I know I get hundreds of questions on this on, on Twitter whenever I speak at a conference uh, I get loads of questions on this as well especially if my session is, is about culture um, so just to kick us off, uh, Tiffany, uh, why don't you just give us a quick introduction to yourself, tell us about your role with Harness, uh, of course what Harness do, uh, and then just a little bit about your background. Sure, yeah. Hi everyone. Um, so glad to be on this podcast. I'm really excited. Um, amazing content thus far. Uh, my name is Tiffany Jokja. I'm a technical evangelist at Harness, and we share uh, learning content and stories and talks about better software delivery. Um, so it, it it that stretches <laughs> a lot of topics, um, but I really love talking about DevOps, uh, value stream management, uh, a lot of the cloud native technologies as well. Um, I used to work at Red Hat as a consultant prior to joining Harness earlier this year. So even though I haven't gotten the chance to be at physical, too many physical events this year, um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of opportunities to kind of uh, be around other enterprises, other teams, other groups, helping them implement uh, their applications in the cloud. Yeah, that's great. Thanks very much for the um, intro. And, and again, thanks for giving up some of your, some of your time to uh, talk about this subject. Um, so I do just want to kick off with, with a usual question, which um, as people will hopefully know by now, I'm asking uh, every single guest that comes on just to get their perspective on that. And that is, what does DevOps mean to you? I, I like this. I actually really love this question every time I get it in, in conversations or in interviews, because I, I think it changes as you go through your, your kind of journey and, and kind of see like how DevOps practices and, and kind of culture shape organizations. But for me, it's anything that helps you continuously deliver value to your end customers. So it includes, you know, practices, technologies, um, you know, different type of culture, uh, uh, more people as well. Um, it's anything that helps you continuously deliver value. That's really, really good. I, I really like something you said at the beginning there. Uh, and I was actually thinking of this as a, as a follow-up um, before you said this anyway, which uh, kind of answers the question. And it was that your answer revolves the more you're in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually got asked this a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. I've got to bring it up on on the last uh podcast i did 
Uh, but someone actually asked me and said, oh, you know, you ask people what DevOps means to you. So, so you know, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, and I was a guest on um, a colleague's um, podcast, uh, Lisa at the Egg. Um, she works with Dell in, in some of the hybrid cloud uh, team. She works with um, Azure Stack Hub. Um, so I was a guest on her podcast talking uh, about this and she asked me the same question. And it, the, the the point before really got me thinking that actually, if, if I think back to when people have asked me that question, much like if you Google DevOps and get many different explanations, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I could genuinely say I think my answer has evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, prob- probably from something really blueprint off the internet to start with. And the more I've <laughs> studied it and the more I've dug into certain areas, I think it's probably become more of a muscular answer on, on my part, it was especially more into the business side rather than the technology. Because I think that's the people mm-hmm. that, uh, sorry, that's the side of it that people, I, I think, generally don't understand as much as the, as the technology. I don't know if you mm-hmm. see the same thing with, with the work that you do. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it's exactly the same for me. Like, you know, you hear DevOps for the first time and you're like, oh, what is that? Okay, let me Google it. And then you find a very kind of generic textbook answer to that. But then as you uh, dive in deep and, and kind of, you know, start, you know, start implementing sort of the things that you see online, it's like, oh, this technology, CICD, okay, automation here, that, you know, and it, you start kind of getting clear on on sort of like how, how things change in, in, within your organization, then you start, you know, adopting, uh, kind of adapting, like how you see DevOps and how you explain it to other people so that they do really kind of get like sort of that business aspect of it, which they may not, like, you may not really have the perspective or, or really the the experience to kind of, you know, have insights on. So um, yeah, there, there's definitely that aspect to it. Yeah, great. That's, that's a really good, uh, really good start. And you know, they, we're talking about culture specifically in, in this episode, and um, I think it's real interesting because it's almost like the—I don't know if they have this saying in the the US actually, "elephant in the room." I, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's the thing. <laughs> um, so, so we we use that. We use that saying in in the in the UK, and um, basically it's a it's a it's a metaphor for basically an important or um, enormous topic, question, issue that's obvious that everyone knows about, but no one wants to mention or discuss. Basically, mm-hmm. um, and and I think culture is that because you always you always hear people talk about DevOps. Uh, for that people process technology, those free stacks, and and uh, I, I know we've had these conversations in the in the um, you know month, a couple of months or so that I've known you now. But my, I always like to add culture to that, uh, and first off as well, because I think you, you get culture right in your organisation, and that then drives um, the decisions that you make about people. Uh, and you know, there's a people's an important one, uh, and there's something. Um, I, I definitely want to go into a little bit later about people as well, because I think a lot of people are, are potentially getting this wrong and misunderstanding what we mean by people. Mm. Um, then process and then technology. Uh, and the theory is that with the right culture in place, that shapes the people in your organization. Those people then shape the right processes, and those processes then determine what technology is needed to get the job done. And, mm. and I, I never really see people focus much on the 
on the culture, um, and I think that's where people fall down because um, they don't they don't do it first up. Lots of people focus on the technology first time, and the technology is mm. great, but you know, still not really doing DevOps in, in my mind. Yeah, um, maybe Rapids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> DevOps, I, I, your uh, waterfall. Exactly, and and this, you know, I think people are doing flavors of it definitely. Um, you know, you're picking out the best bits, which is absolutely fine if that's the right fit for your organization. But what, but where I do want to start with this is is about the job titles, <laughs> and um, I, I, this is something I've spoke passionately about um before. <laughs> um, so the the industry has has crept into having DevOps engineer, DevOps consultant, DevOps architect, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. role is. Um, but, you, you know, when, when we hear the word DevOps engineers, what, what does that, so from your perspective, what exactly does DevOps engineer mean? Mm. Yeah, to me, it, it means that they own part of Dev and part of Ops. <laughs> and so it's kind of like um, you kind of have like your feet in, in two sides, right? Because you're not only worried about sort of how your application is running, you're also worried about how you're going to get safely into production, safely and, and reliably into production. And so um, you have a lot more responsibilities um, all in all. But uh, it, it really, um, it really, well, for me, DevOps engineers really have to balance between those two things, right? Between um, kind of this building momentum to deliver features, but also like being able to deliver um, to, you know, deliver that value um, safely and, and reliably. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because you know a few years ago, like there was no such thing as a DevOps engineer. No, definitely not. And I, I really liked what you said there about owning parts of Dev and Ops equally. Um, mm-hmm. And that's such an important part that people don't think about. Because one of the things I see, so I definitely see this in in the UK. My experience of hiring DevOps engineers in the US, it it translates fairly well, I think. But I don't have enough experience doing that hiring in the US to know if this is too of a generalist statement to apply to to the market or not. But Mm -hmm. certainly in the UK, if I get a CV from a, a DevOps engineer, um, generally speaking, they will mostly have that engineering experience, that automation experience, and they mm. will know Jenkins, Travis, uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe Harness, whatever kind of tooling. Uh, and, and personally, I, I don't really think that's what a DevOps engineer is. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think that a DevOps engineer is really someone that, like you say, they know as much about Dev and Ops equally, uh, they know enough to care uh, about both sides of, of the world and why they're both important. Uh, mm. I mean, ultimately, one of the ethos is we we run in DevOps is you you build it, you run it, and that's exactly where owning equal parts of DevOps comes into it because you are able yeah. to talk in both worlds, right? But we we seem to have crept into this world, I think, where we're calling we're saying DevOps engineers are the ones that pro, you know know less about the process and less about the culture. Um, and more about the the technology, um, which is fine in some areas. But I, mm. when I used to hire people, I didn't used to ask technical questions because if they have a technical enough mindset, I can you know you can teach them mostly whatever you want technical uh, mm-hmm. technology. Sorry, um, but 
I'd I'd rather talk to someone and and get someone on board that understands you know the the value of DevOps why why we do DevOps what it means exactly. to have a you know growth mindset and uh, what DevOps culture means and those those kind of things um, and yeah. but does, does that does that same sort of stuff translate to the US as well? Uh yeah I I think so too um it's like I've seen organizations where they take their DevOps engineers and they you know, like use them as, as key drivers for uh, DevOps adoption. So if they're having a hard time kind of bridging gaps and breaking down silos, you know, they'll ask uh, an engineer to kind of start, you know, interacting with them, attending meetings, um, you know, doing code reviews, that kind of thing. So it, it's even, you know, it's it's even kind of common to see, like, when you're hiring for a specific um, role, uh, like a, a specific um, uh, resource, like a DevOps engineer, you know, to, to make sure that they have, like, good communication skills. They understand the value of DevOps, just like you said, um, more so than, you know, kind of having uh, this kind of wide stack or, or, or full stack knowledge of technology. Because you can always learn the technology, in, in my opinion. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to to come into it and expect um, like a, um, a DevOps engineer who knows everything, right? Like they know all everything about Dev and everything about Ops, just not really realistic. Uh, because let, let's face it, mo- most of the time DevOps is associated with um, with cloud as well. And whether you're, uh, you, you know, an AWS uh, camp or the Azure uh, mm-hmm. camp or GCP camp, each of those platforms have a huge amount of stuff to know. Um, and th- there is, you know, no one, even within those vendors, knows everything about those platforms. They all split up into specialisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whether it's compute data storage all of those kind of things um iot all of those developer services you know all of those high level categories and they may be experts in those you know streams if you like but no no one knows everything across the board you might know it to a general level but deep diving on numerous areas that is just impossible so you know i, I always think I, I saw this the other day as well on linkedin actually i was just looking around and I saw some job adverts for DevOps engineers, and they had a massive list of must-have skills. And it must have <laughs> yeah, it's insane. What technologies on there? Thirty to forty mm-hmm. technologies on there. And you know, I just look at it and, and thought, wow, that's you know, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, right? And they were mm-hmm. talking about conflict in programming languages in there as well. So you know, they were, they were saying you need um, you need knowledge in PHP and Perl. <laughs> Pick, pick one or the other. They're both server side. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, <laughs> just the whole, just everything in the stack. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there was mention of um, .NET Core as well and C Sharp. You know, like, wow, this, you know, this this person's going to be able to demand quite a salary if they ever find anyone that that actually knows all of this stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think I th- I think that's why a lot of like you hear a lot about DevOps engineers and you you kind of see like the demand for it is because like. You do have to, you know, a lot of organizations, they're like, oh, we see the value in DevOps. We need this and we need someone to kind of drive a lot of that. So, you know, like being in that position to be able to do that is it's amazing. And you definitely get, you know, your your values worth there. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. And I, I think one, one follow up to, to that as well is because of how recruiters are in the DevOps space. And I don't I don't I don't want to start getting into recruiter bashing i know lots of people have <laughs> varied opinions on recruiters the world over 
Um, yeah. Generally speaking, mine are okay, with the exception of a, of a few. Um, I mean, just a, a, a little diversion. Um, when when my employer, Veg Atlantic, last week announced that they were um, making a round of redundancies, that that announcement hit um, BBC News in the UK. Um, within an hour of that announcement, I had ten connection requests on LinkedIn um, from recruiters. <laughs> Um, you're doing like wow the the you know the the grave is not even been dug yet and you're trying to jump in it <laughs> um, put me in it and it's like wow hang on a minute and you know it's um... it's up but you know I, I I digress a little bit but the the bit of relevance in there and some of their attitudes is do you think the way that recruiters treat DevOps roles has diluted the actual value of what a good DevOps engineer is. You know, if, if you're a DevOps engineer that has that knowledge to be able to represent DevOps equally, understand the business, understand the applications, understand the value versus someone who knows a raft of automation technologies, I, I, I could probably tell you that if I'm getting a recruiter to do screening for me, they will probably drop the person I'm most likely to want to speak to in that scenario and mm-hmm. put the more structure and the automation guy focused on you know in front of me and and that's not really what I want so do you do you think recruiters generally you know maybe not necessarily just recruiters but do do you think that the, the technology world i guess is a little diluted by how you know what we think a devops engineer is rather than what it actually should be yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I was gonna—I was just about to say, like, I think there's abuse on on multiple, <laughs> uh, multiple areas and multiple roles. Um, but yeah, um, I think you know, from a recruiting standpoint, you kind of just you you, you kind of look for like the person, the best type of person, you know, the person with the most skills, kind of the, the kind of mentality of like, oh, we need to hire the best person, right? Um, and and so it's it's sometimes easy to discount sort of people with more <clears throat> DevOps based skills um, and, and mistaken them for like, um, you know, maybe not having as many like um, technical skills or something at, or expertise in, in one area, like automation or, you know, ops or something like that. Um, it, it's kind of harder to quantify, right? Because it, 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 it's just, you just have like a wider uh, range of skills uh, as a DevOps engineer. So yeah, I definitely think that. But yeah, even even from an organization standpoint, it's like, oh yeah, we want DevOps engineers to be able to do everything. Like like you said, like you saw um, a, a job posting that had like thirty or forty requirements, and <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it's like, how do you, you, you know, and, and imagine being like the person who got like a job offer or, or that role, you know, and, and just saying like, oh wait, I I have to have responsibility over all of these things, all over all of these technology stacks, and you sort of you sort you sort of kind of lose like the purpose of why you were hired in the first place or the purpose of your role in the first place. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's a little bit of, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit of a, a disservice to sort of DevOps practices or like the true, true meaning of DevOps in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, I think it's going to be interesting the more relevant DevOps gets to organizations and the more people practice it. Um, because you know, let's face it, it's it's not new, but it is new <laughs> in a lot of ways. It, you know, pe- people yeah. still talk about it a lot as so it's it's new and don't really understand it. So it'd be interesting to see how that evolves. I think. Um, mm-hmm. now just just moving on um a, a little bit, we've already said 
you know, DevOps culture, DevOps mindset, growth mindset a, a few times. But what, you know, from, from your perspective, when we talk about DevOps culture uh, as part of the adoption of DevOps, why is it so important and what what do we actually mean when we say DevOps mindset and DevOps culture? Mm. Yeah, I think it's so important because like people have to be invested in changes, right? Because a lot of these digital transformations and oh, buzzword, here we go, <laughs> a lot of these DevOps journeys and uh, transformations, they require um, they require new processes. We talked about this, new processes, different people, more skills, more technologies. And I think that if you don't have the right culture, then you can't really, then it's harder to get people all aligned and invested in sort of the newer things that you're bringing into the organization. And and, and it's a lot of changes, right? Because like the reason why people want to adopt DevOps is to move faster and to deliver more value. And so if you're used to at a certain, going at a certain pace or you're, you're not comfortable with that, then it can really harm sort of your, your DevOps adoption and, and sort of that, that kind of rate that you're trying to go for. But yeah, um, to answer your other question about, you know, what does that actually involve and what is it, you know, what is it kind of entail? I, yeah, I, I definitely think it involves a, a lot of alignment and, and being able to understand sort of, uh, what is delivering value within your organization and where do you, you know, if you're a developer, where do you fall in that, in that value stream? Yeah, you, you made some really good points there. I, th- I think the biggest thing that, that I, I think people just fundamentally don't understand is that if you don't get this right, then, then you do put your adoption at risk. You, you said about it harming adoption and that's completely, mm-hmm. you know, that's a hundred percent true. Uh, and and I actually um, spoke to uh, an organisation earlier um, today, who um, we we had a call about DevOps, and it, it basically they, they were like, you know, they're struggling to get people on board in their DevOps journey. Um, they talked to me about uh, for about fifteen minutes about all of the great stuff they'd done with technology, and some of it was quite fancy actually. And mm. I asked a few <laughs> questions, as you know, the technologist in me was thinking, "Ah, oh, that's really cool." <laughs> How'd yeah, you do yeah. That? <laughs> um, but then, you know, they said, "You know, we're struggling to get people on board." Uh, uh, and you know, I I had a little think about it, uh, and. You know, quite quite honest, my response was that I, it's not really a shock because you've you basically just put a load of new technology down people's throats, mm. uh, and the people that are in role uh, are probably not of the right mindset, and the organisation has not gone through that cultural change needed to be able to make uh, mm. DevOps a success. And I actually talked to them about what we spoke about at the front about. Um, you know, going through uh, culture, people, process, technology, and that you know they come off the call with quite a lot of ideas, and and it seemingly mm-hmm. meaning a lot more to them. Um, and you know, I actually phrased it um, in a bit of a tongue and cheek way, uh, the c word. <laughs> you know, it's like the dreaded c word, culture. Um, mm-hmm. To start with, they were like, "What? What's he? What's he going to say? The dreaded c word?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no, it's just just culture. Don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> And the point I was trying to get across to them was, you know, let kind of forget the the, the jargon, right? Because one of the things I think is quite confusing for a lot of people with DevOps is, you know, you could, I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of conference call bingo. 
Yeah. Um, where it's <laughs> different terminology. Um, I, you know, if one doesn't exist, there should definitely be a, a, a DevOps bingo one because, you know, there there are so many cliche terms that we associate with, with DevOps. And I said, you know, try and yeah. forget culture shift, mindset, adoption, um, you know, mindset change, all of this kind of stuff. I said, for, you know, forget about that. I said, you know, fundamentally, I said, the challenge of creating a rock solid um, DevOps environment is, is actually fundamental changes to the way people work, collaborate and communicate with each other. Um, and when organizations get that mix right, that then creates the right environment for high-performing teams to then develop within that organization. And I said, that's fundamentally what you are trying to do. Um, yeah, and yeah. it's then when you get those high-performing teams, they then go into their scrum teams and they deliver uh, you know, stuff better, faster, and, and higher quality. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, and if if anyone has gone across in the last couple of minutes to find uh, a DevOps buzzword bingo card, uh, <laughs> then I'm pretty sure you're going to get a full house in the next minute or so. Because I, you said, you know, you you have to get people on board at the top as well, and explaining why you need to invest, <laughs> you know, time, yeah. money, and resource into a culture shift at an organisation to leadership is actually really difficult to do. Um, but I said, you need to start talking about things like collaboration better visibility alignment uh, which is one of the things you said as well um you know really highlight value as well and i said that you know i can't really help you with value because value is something for your organization you know what, specific, what does better yeah. value mean to you um mm-hmm. so we started talking about you know the the benefits of short release cycles that you get from getting all of this stuff right the shifting accountability and then continuous mm. feedback and, and continuous learning, those kind of things. And, uh, and they, you know, this was this was really just a similar thing to you. It was just a few minutes of me blabbing that stuff out. And they were like, oh, I've actually learned a lot more <laughs> in the last five <laughs> minutes than we have done trying to implement this for the past three or four months. Uh, and yeah. I and I think there, it's just really, once it gets into people's minds the right way, I think it's a really, really big thing to do. Uh, and you know, I finished off that conversation by saying to him that, again, really cliche, but DevOps is a journey, not a project. So there's always mm-hmm. room to grow. Um, you know, we always say we succeed as a team and fail as a team in in DevOps. Exactly. Um, but those high-performing teams adopt that mindset. They fail fast and then include the learnings of those failings into their processes, uh, and that's where you get that continuous learning and continuous feedback. Um, yeah. But what what do you, you know? What the, the, I I want to come on to some some bits around you know what what from your experience what are some of the successful steps to cultural change? Because I know people will be listening to this saying, "Oh, this is all really great stuff," but what I really want are some some tips to get started on this, mm-hmm. build another successful culture, and I and I I know how. I start that bit again. I know I have um, five which I've used um, in various ways and means before, um, but they've always stuck pretty well at, at many um, different organisations. But I, I think the, the the big elephant in the room, uh, as we were talking about earlier, that I, I want to start with is you know what happens when people don't get on the the 
the shifting culture. How do we deal with that? And I think DevOps has got such a bad rep in quite a lot of circles because lots of organizations have used the umbrella of DevOps to incite um, <laughs> ask people changes within their organization, whether it's an excuse to get people out, bring mm-hmm. people in that they know from previous organizations. And that's not really the way to think about it in, in my mind. Um, but yeah. what, what's what, what's your experience in, in that? Because obviously we always come across you know, quite quite frankly, difficult people who, in a way, you know, another way to put it, who have worked somewhere for a number of years and, and just can't see the benefit of, of changing. How how do we go about dealing with that scenario? Yeah, yeah. So, um, hmm. I, I, I like this question because it, it kind of gets to the point where you're like, okay, um, you know, there are people who are receptive to change. Um, you know, there, there is this need to kind of drive culture first, right? So that we're not, uh, we're not setting people up for failure. Uh, we're also not, you know, we're, we're also letting them see the value in it. But yeah, for, for people that are not necessarily, um, on the culture chain, uh, train, um, and, and really, uh, with it, I think, you know, the best thing you can kind of do is, is show them is to not start with those people. Don't start with those people. If you're, if you're doing uh, a DevOps journey, start with the people that are most receptive, that are most uh, motivated and passionate about DevOps, because that's where you're going to get the most uh, commitment in terms of being able to, you know, say like, Hey, we want to do this a different way for this sprint for this amount of time. Uh, What do you, what are your thoughts on it? You know, at the and at the end of making those changes, you know, you, you bring them back together, bring everybody back together, and, and try to figure out, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what are things that we could do better, um, you know, what what are the lessons learned there, uh, and because you can do because you do that in a smaller team in sort of the subset, you can prove out value, right? You can prove that hey, this works, and so the people who are you know less receptive to kind of change, they can see that working for a specific team. They can see all the successes, they can see all the celebrations, and maybe they'll be more, um, more, um, uh, I guess, influenced to top on the bagwagon because they believe that it works. But yeah, you kind of have to you have to get you have to pick and choose where your initial successes will be. Um, that just happens uh, quite often in larger organizations. It's like, you're not going to be able to snap your fingers and achieve DevOps in a day, right? It's, there's no such thing as doing that. Um, you kind of have to pick and choose where you're going to win and and figure out, you know, which teams are most receptive to that. And for the ones that aren't, I mean, it's just, it's just difficult because, you know, those people will, won't be able to keep up with the other teams that are practicing DevOps. Yeah, def- definitely, and and then that's the scenario where if you're not careful, you you know one of, one of the big things about DevOps is removing silos, right? Mm-hmm. And if if you're not careful, you end up create more silos, I think, in larger organisations because you have teams that are racing ahead and teams that are, are lagging behind, and that causes more issues than it solves in, in many ways. Um, but that said, you, you know, until, like you say, until until the process is uh, and the value is executed and proven at a small level, um, DevOps as a you know a movement, if you like, within an organisation that is is really unlikely to gain any traction at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's I think that's the biggest one of the biggest things really. And I I think that's where you know the phrase. Uh, change um, starts at the top comes in um, and once leaders can also see 
that then that's when it does gain um, more traction. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also think as well... Um, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, I, I mean, also to that point is like, in terms of leadership, I mean, once you've made other people commit to this journey of, of you know, using new, experimenting, practicing new DevOps practices, you have to also be committed as well. Like if, if a team says, hey, we're trying this new technology or we're going to automate this and we don't have the right tooling. Hey, can you help us? Or we don't have the right tooling or we don't have the right enablement. Hey, can we do lunch learn? Hey, can we, you know, set up some time to like all get on the same page about like a certain, uh, like do a knowledge transfer, right? Um, then you have to be invested in that as well. Because the worst thing that can happen is you get, you know, you get everybody pumped up about DevOps, but then you're not there to to give the support that you know people need, teams need. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I, I completely completely agree with that, and I think one of the other ways as well um, is you know we we always when we're talking about people, I think people often you know we're we're basically looking for sources of resistance within a group of of people, mm. but. That source of resistance might not be people specifically, if that makes sense. It could be a process mm-hmm. or a technical blocker. And, yeah. You know, that, that person does not have the, um, you know, the ability to a- apply out-of-the-box out thinking. And they may be excellent at their job and they may be excellent at a different way of doing that job. And, but until they understand why they need to do it like that that is when the problem comes along and i think this is where organizations need to be quite sensitive when discussing this because you've got to remember that you you might be asking some people who've worked a a specific way for maybe 20 years or more to suddenly change to something completely new Mm -hmm. and and you know quite rightly you know they're they're not particularly being difficult quite rightly they're going to go why yeah you're going to have questions people are going to ask questions yeah uh, but I think uh, I think the one thing I would say to that, however, is a word of caution on that is you know don't don't let that mindset inhibit your progress culturally, mm-hmm. right? If you make sure that you know from an organisational perspective, you need to make sure that you set out where the organisation is heading, make sure people fully understand what's involved, and um, the team will definitely split. Certainly, teams that have been together a, a lot longer and worked in more traditional ways of working, there will there will be split. There will be those that get on the bus or, or the train and and contact journey with you, and there will be those who who do not. Uh, and unfortunately, you know that is that is business, and there there are cases where you have to you know move people to other roles or unfortunately let them go. Um, but I'd, you know that is the nature of, of the beast. But I would say if, you know organisations need to not do that first off. You need to try and do what you can to get them thinking in in the right mindset and acting the right way with the right behaviors before you know straight straight away default into well there's no way all of these people are going to be able to do this because they've all done this for 20 years they've not automated a single thing why should we keep them Uh, and and you know i think a lot of people forget that the reason they may not have automated anything for 20 years is because they've not felt empowered to do that by the people above them uh, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things I think that people need to just bear in mind when, when doing this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, change is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, very, very, you know, we all go through it in uh, various different ways throughout our lives, our working careers, you know, all, all walks of life have, you know, various levels of change that people are un- uncomfortable with. And it's really about how you deal with that that 
makes uh, people come out the other side in, in a better way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I just want to, I just want to come on to the last um, topic now, which I, I think is um, probably one of the bits that uh, most people are looking forward to hearing, and that is, you know, if you if you go into an organisation, if you're having a discussion with an organisation, what are your top tips for building a successful DevOps culture? Mm. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of it is around how you do team ceremonies and kind of introduce sort of um, team practices in order to get sort of this sort of like st- starting in order for you to <laughs> start collaborating a lot more. Because um, I think that's one of the drivers is like, oh, you feed off other people's energy. And so if you're able to kind of have these very productive sessions uh within your team and and, and sort of getting uh, work delivered then you can really start picking up momentum um and so that's that's sort of advice around you know make sure you have a daily stand-up people understand like what's being worked on what's the progress are there any blockers and likewise you, you know the retrospectives at the end of you know your working sessions being able to learn like hey what worked what didn't work are we delivering value are we meeting our goals right um, how can we uh, how can we adjust if we need to adjust for the next iteration? So yeah, things around uh, daily stand up retros, um, planning, refinement, that kind of stuff will help kind of uh, start shaping the right culture. As long as you're open about it and and you're facilitating a lot of the conversations, people will will start picking up on sort of the ways that they want to collaborate with each other. Yeah, I, I really like the team ceremonies one. So when um, I, I have a couple of different sets for this, so the the team ceremonies one I really like because if I'm you, you know some of the work I'm doing at, at Virgin is with some uh, teams internally around getting them to move to more agile ways of working. So not specifically DevOps per se, part of you know part of DevOps agile working, and it's an operations team mm-hmm. and. You know, this this kind of stuff doesn't naturally fit in an operations world. So, you know, it's around getting them to understand, you know, what what we're trying to do for them and where the value is coming when it comes to, you know, implementing agile working into a, an operational world. And the very first thing that we did was actually start introducing ceremonies. One of the very first things we did after we introduced the topic, we got people to tell us what they thought you know agile working was what it meant to them Mm -hmm. how it would help them how it would hinder them you know we tried to get all of that stuff out and go through it with them and one of the things we started doing was just saying look from 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 monday start start doing a 50-minute stand-up with a team every single day Mm -hmm. and you know it takes a little bit to get that practice right but one of the things that come about that pretty quickly is even though they work in a team together and they're all uh, office based for the most part um, that actually they were getting lots more insights into what each other was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they sit next to each other, it was quite quite interesting to hear that they were like, oh, you know, one of we asked for some feedback. We did a we did a, a turbo retrospective with them where you draw the picture of a boat and, a, and an anchor. <laughs> I love on, that one. Yeah, and you get them to put all of the things at the bottom which have held them back, and all of the things near the sail which have made them go faster. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, one of the things that said that made one of them said that made them go faster was that they they now had a better understanding of what everyone was doing, 
And mm. that meant that he now understood why someone else in the team couldn't help him with his issue. So it stopped, you know, he, he then had another yeah. way to go deal with his blocker and those kind of things. And, and we started introducing um, some planning after that and more retrospectives, a little bit of refinement. And, you know, it's bubbling along quite nicely. There's obviously still a lot of work to do, but it's in a good place. Yeah, it's um, gradual. It is very gradual. And I think yeah. you've got to be slow with it as well. You know, you introduce too much of that thing very yeah. quickly. You I, don't I, want like three meetings in one week, like all of a sudden, and people are like, wow, I have three extra meetings. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, <more> no. <laughs> Um, and I think one of the other things that people don't realise as well, actually, is that a, a lot of the ceremonies that you do in Agile can actually replace other meetings that you might have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of their comments was that every Monday they have an hour's team meeting. And it's like, well, you know, reduce it to half an hour. If you still feel it's valuable, then I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to do it, but reduce it mm-hmm. to half an hour because you're getting more time with each other throughout the week where you should be understanding a lot of the topics that you talk about. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, I think it's just around finding your feet and involving how you have that discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's different for everyone too. It is. And, and everyone works differently. Every manager interprets it differently and every manager, you know, depending on how long they've been in role, will have a better or worse understanding of their, team at that point in time and that evolves how, how you deal with it um, yeah i think it's just around being open you know and, and kind of like being observant yeah. like you know you can tell when people are having a hard time or not you can tell when someone's uncomfortable like they're you know you, you maybe have more questions more pushback on things it's it there there are certain tells and, and being aware of those things is really important too yeah definitely i i think I think as well, so one of the other flip sides I have to that is if I'm talking to leaders, <laughs> um, also be that people leaders or um, C-level execs, you know, this is what we want to do. And they're like, well, okay, why? <laughs> um, you know, you, you always start with why. Um, but yeah. I, I basically have five things that I uh, like to talk about uh, that are steps towards a successful um cultural change within an organization and the very first one is something that we've actually mentioned already and that is that change starts at the top so this level of change within an organization i can guarantee will not be successful without that top-down sponsorship Mm -hmm. Um, but like like i was saying and until you prove that and execute it at a small level then quite rightly um they're probably not going to listen to you so you need to start small and and build it up Mm -hmm. um the second point, I think, is around redefining what trust means within an organization. And, and I think this applies a lot more to larger organizations where, you know, those bigger organizations establish uh, trust for our audit frameworks, security, compliance, risk assessments, um, all, all of those all of those great things that we're, we're all used to in larger organizations. But DevOps doesn't work that way. You know, it requires your products, uh, your product teams, um that they can and will be responsible for the principles that you set out for them to follow. And you have to trust that they will develop and, and evolve that for, for their team. And every, every team may do it differently. And I think that's a hard thing to understand that you're, you're actually setting out guiding principles for, for a team, uh, sorry, for an organization. And that, it, you know, product team A and product team B in the same organization may do things slightly differently, but it still gets the same result ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the third one is about being set up for autonomy. So, and this is the engineering teams have to um, own their destiny. So they have to own the control yeah. of their processes to give the business confidence that protocols are in place for, for quality and testing, those, those kind of things. I mean, that's something that people often uh, forget about as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think one of the more obvious ones in here as well is about increasing desire for improvement. So, you know, this is more around the desire to improve the process, the quality, the speed, um, the impact of every single person must be present in, in every corner of that organization. And I think that's really important to, to lay out that, that that desire is something that gets you from a good DevOps team to one mm-hmm. of those high performing teams with that growth mindset. Uh, and then the last point, and uh, the last point on this is about rewarding results, not compliance. So one of the things that changes massively is that you you know you need to align your measurements with your strategic business outcomes and the behaviours your teams need mm-hmm. to achieve those those outcomes. And I think one of, that's one of the biggest drivers for cultural change, and that's why I've left it till uh, last. Is that when people are measured and rewarded for the right things, that is when you start to get better results you know if you start to reward your teams for oh yeah you complied with this process 98 percent of the time this month here's uh you know here's a here's a voucher for the team or whatever uh mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing it's like it's great but it's like oh <laughs> yeah look you know this this team um you know we're measuring delivery of software you know these guys completed a hundred percent of successful deployments this month and we did 13 releases this month instead of our usual five you know that that's real results that are then can be rewarded and and i think it kind of feeds back i think into the first point which is the more that gets executed and proven the more buy-in and the more traction you get within an organization yeah yeah i i think it's also like even even more so than that it's like outcomes over outputs so instead of just measuring like, oh, we have this many lines of code or this many commits in a day, it's like, you know, what was the real value that we delivered this sprint? Or what was, you know, what was the outcome? What, what was, where, what were the big achievements that we achieved in the development team? And I think those things are the ones that, you know, will really d- drive like a successful culture and, and sort of like this, this sense of victory, right? That you won, that you did, that you did, you know, did something impactful and significant. I, I think that feeds into like all of those, uh, all the all of your tips around like even even just having this empowerment um, in your development teams or your delivery teams that you know you're you know that you can own this and that you can own it and deliver it and make it awesome. Um, and, and that's not a lot of things that teams have uh, nowadays, uh, and you can see that is, is and you can see that's why people are so interested in DevOps is. Because they, they want to feel that way, and and you know, um, developers want to see that they're making a change, and they want to work on meaningful things. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely think that even just focusing on some of some more of the core, like true outcomes versus outputs, uh, lets you kind of adopt that mentality a little bit more too. Yeah, definitely, I I agree, and I think as more organizations start to do this and. I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of the big startups, so before we started recording, we were talking about Airbnb. So, you know, all of these organizations, Airbnb, um, Uber, uh, Lyft, if you're, if you're in the United States as well, 
you know, all, all of these things, just eat if you're in the UK, food delivery, uh, you know, Uber Eats, Deliveroo, all those kind of things. You know, they, 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 there is no doubt that they work to this mindset and they started their organisations with this culture in very small teams and it organically grows as the organisation does. Uh, and they're able to deliver the, the features and the functionality to their end users, i.e. us, you know, very, very quickly. Um, you know, I saw quite a while ago now, I saw um, something from the Deliveroo engineering team that that their their average um, lead time, um, which is from from uh, they measure that from um, inception of an idea to the backlog to delivery, um, mm. was something like eight or nine working days, um, and that's that's a phenomenal pace for their competitors to keep up with. You know, if you if you yeah. if you want a, a product that delivers that level of value that you know you can think of a great idea, commit it, and develop it in, in less than two weeks, yeah, you exactly. are always going to be ahead of your competition. And I think this is where DevOps is starting to gain lots of traction. Is that I think people are starting to make the connection now that really successful organisations, especially in the the um, software and, and application space other ones that adopt these methodologies and can, you know, be smarter, quicker and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with, with a, a, a click of the fingers, we, we have uh, literally <laughs> come to the end. Um, <laughs> that has, has gone really, really fast. But that, that, was a, that was an awesome discussion, I think, on, on culture. And there's lots of really good points i hope in there for people to pick up and take back to their organizations if you're looking at doing uh, devops with, within your organization um so as we as we start to wrap up um you know, I just, uh, thanks tiffany again for your uh time and expertise uh, it was really was a great discussion uh, and uh you, you certainly added uh, a lot of your expertise into all, all of those questions and and brought up some really good points so that we, we talked about um, so yeah, again, thank you for your thank you for your time. Um, is there anything you wanted to close out with just before we um, move off this episode? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me, first of all, <laughs> and thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, if if you're on your DevOps journey, just know that change can be uncomfortable, but you can definitely do it. And and we've seen organizations really succeed. Um, it's really just about how you drive the culture and, and, and so the people and the processes and technologies can all uh, kind of follow on that momentum. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Oh, that's great. That is uh, really sound advice for us to uh, finish on. So um, so now thank you for everyone for, for listening. Uh, and like I said at the top, thank you for your support so far. It's been phenomenal. Uh, and we have some great topics coming up in, in the coming weeks that uh, will hopefully keep you uh, coming back for more. Um, next week, we, we are staying um, slightly on the on the culture um, angle a little bit. Um, I'm going to be talking to, to Will Hall, who is a DevOps consultant, and we're going to be talking about uh, DevOps maturity within organizations. Um, we're going to be talking about what it is, why it's important, how do we measure it, and how do organize how do organizations rather get to that next level of maturity? Um, so um, really looking forward to that conversation with Will as well. Uh, that will be uh, delivered uh, next week, recording delivered next week. Uh, so until then, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and hopefully we will see you soon.